Well, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I, uh, I never take it for granted. It's a privilege to get to stand before you all and serve you today and minister the word. And uh, I love this body, and I don't say that enough, I, I feel like, but I love this church, and I love our pastors. I love our pastor, and I thank him for the, thank him for the privilege. Thank the Lord for the privilege to minister his word. And, and to me, there's no greater place to be than in God's house. Amen? And to feel his presence. There's something about meeting together. I can't describe it. I can't always understand it, but when we meet together in his name, he shows up, doesn't he? And he, and he ministers in a way, amen, he ministers in a way that, that cannot be ministered any other way. And, and I wish everyone got a hold of that, amen, that we understood that when we meet together, there's a power, there's something that takes place that can't take place any other way until we meet together in his name, amen. And uh, I thank you all for your prayers and for me and my family as we've been going through a tough summer. You know, of different things and uh, without employees and working and went back into the field. And even in the midst of that, God, all, he does things wonderful, doesn't he? And I, I was looking back at the summer and things are better, but and I'm still going out in the field some, but not such long, brutal hours from 7 to 11 in the morning. But before all that took place, the heirs had called me, Tanya and Thomas, and they told me about a young man they wanted to come to work for me. But at the time, I really really didn't feel I needed anybody, you know, I was really in the office and all that, and then I think it was the next week, then I went back into the field, and and uh, I know I always get a kick when they, they had called me, it was like I had no choice, I had to bring this guy on and hire him, <laughs> and so just they both were on the phone together, and I, I was just like, okay, I'll pray about it, but uh, but then he, you know, I ended up going to the field, and he ended up being a great blessing to me, I mean, a tremendous blessing, and all this equipment we carry on the roof, all this work. And, but what I didn't realize is that I could be a blessing to him. And a, it was like a discipleship for me. Every day we're in the car for hours and hours. And just just the word, just preaching the word to him. And he's preaching to me. And I, I don't know. We just become these best of friends. It was a, It's been an amazing summer for me. Become good friends. Be able to just encourage him in the word. And Joshua Goodwin. And, he, and he's just been a blessing to me. And I was able to be a blessing to him. And I, I look back. And if that if I didn't go into the field. Maybe it was for Joshua. I don't know. That I was able just to minister to him. But he ministered to me as well. And I say that because I was miserable. <laughs> I was miserable. And I didn't understand God here three years. It looks like a different direction. I'm not able to minister as you want me to minister. I just work, work, work. And. I just didn't understand it, but, you know, God has a perfect plan for your life. And whatever you go through, maybe you're miserable in it like I was miserable. And, uh, but when you look back, you sometimes can see what God was doing in the midst of your miserable state and whatever was going on. Amen. Well, be God gave me a word for today. It's not a normal word that I would preach. I don't know if I, I rarely preach from Revelation. Revelation chapter 3, uh, verse 14, entitled this, Please Answer the Door. <laughs> Please Answer the Door. Revelation chapter 3, verse 14. Please Answer the Door. I'm going to read down to verse 21. Revelation chapter 3, verse 14. And unto the angel of the church of Laodiceans write, These things saith the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. 
So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich and white remnant, that thou mayest be clothed. And that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eyesalve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be, je- be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him, and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame, and am set down with my Father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. Now really, as, I, as, as God gave me this, I really wasn't focused on the Laodicean church, even though it's where the scripture came from. We're focused on the knocking. But as, as, as you think about the Laodicean church, you have to think of America and the American church. You can't help but think of a church with great riches like has never been. Can't think more of a people that are rich. Here's the the crazy part is how many people in here don't raise your hand, but how many people think you're rich? (laughs) Most of us don't think we're rich. But the truth of the matter is every one of you in here are rich. Are rich. I mean, rich in faith, but I mean, rich in goods. We're rich in comparison to other nations today. We're rich in comparison to kings throughout history. Solomon and all of his riches. He did not have a transportation that would move 100 miles an hour, 60 miles an hour, 50 miles. That was air conditioned. That was soundproof. That had music playing from nowhere. He did not have the availability to talk to anybody around the world at any moment. He didn't have the availability to open up this thing in his hand. And see what's going on across the world. Think about how rich you really are. When the Bible talks about rich people, it's talking about me and you. We are rich. And so when we read this about the Laodicean church, we Americans in the American church, we are the Laodicean church. We are rich, increased with goods. And we don't even know it. Even the poorest in our nation today probably would be still wealthier than some of the average in other countries. For sure more so than throughout history. Jesus was poor, wasn't he? He was a peasant in his day. Okay, you, you all can say, keep saying amen if you want there. Still good, still good. For, for, for 12 years, I was a door-to-door salesman from 1983 to 1995. And uh, I sold vacuum cleaners, if you can imagine that. I, I grew up in Missouri. I call it misery. <laughs> it, it's, a beautiful, it's a beautiful place unless you live there. But, you know, when I, really when I was 14, we, we, we bought hogs, and I was raised on, a, on this little hog farm, and my home had a lot of problems. My mom grew up in a poor, abusive home. My dad was a, uh, I like to say a drunk. You know, people like to candy coat and say he was, had an alcoholic disease, but he was a drunk. And, and I know that's Satan's control over his life. And I, I know those addictions are horrible, but from a child's point of view, 
my life was one of serving the family. My life was one of work. I was the only boy, two sisters a year older and a year younger. And I was the servant in the home. I, when I was asked to do something, I was one of those child children. I didn't argue. I didn't fuss. You know, and I'm not, not trying to be hard on my sisters or put myself up, but that's just the way it was, you know. And so they'd ask, eh, they don't want to do me. I'd just get up and do it. So as a result, you know, you're, you get the load dumped on you. You know, you know what the reward of work, hard work is? More hard work, you know. And so I got more hard work. But anyhow, my life was about trying to please, which you can't please, dysfunctional people. Parents with all their problems and addictions, you can't please them. You never can please them. You're never good enough. And so, but, so that's how you spend your life. So as a result, I had two great desires in my life as a kid. One, escape this life. <laughs> Number two is, I don't want to be poor anymore. And, and, and if you've grown up poor, you know what I'm talking about. That was my two. I mean, I remember, I remember I'd apply for all these uh, clearinghouse things. And I, I checked the mail every day. I just believed God was going to bless me with some money and get me out of here. But it didn't happen. So anyhow, I, I ended up, I didn't like school. I made good grades, but I, I, just, just, I was just a nervous little kid, if you can imagine that one. You know, I was just hyper. I just couldn't sit in class. It was just horrible for me. Hang on, I'm going somewhere with this. It's going somewhere. But I, I, uh, I didn't like school, so I decided to take, they called it Votech back then, vocational school, and they shipped us. We was in a little town of Mansfield, 1,400 people. My graduating class was 36, 36 people. 36 people graduated. I think, I think the freshman year, we started out with 100. Tells you how many dropped out. They either went to work or got pregnant. And so, so... We, uh, um, I went my junior and senior year, they bust us to this Votexical Electronics and computer and TV repair. And so, uh, my neighbor's son was a, was a computer, owned a computer business in San Francisco, California. So, I, I wanted to go to California. That's where I, it's far away from Missouri, it's beautiful weather. And, uh, so I had it all set up. I was going to go there for this job. And, and, uh, but God started knocking at my heart. My senior year, he just kept knocking on my thoughts. Have you ever had that happen? See, I, I believe in this church, God is knocking upon some hearts. Maybe in different ways, but I believe he's calling some people. I believe, he's, I believe there's some missionaries in this room, in this place. I believe there's some pastors and evangelists, and God is knocking. But the problem is, you aren't opening the door. Because like me, he was knocking, but I did not want to be a poor preacher. Just tell you, I did not want to be a poor preacher. I lived a poor life. I did not want to be poor. I wanted to work, and I wanted to make money, and I wanted to escape home. And so the Bible college was 50 miles from where we lived, and it was too close. <laughs> and I had to come home on the weekends, and the family drained me. If I worked, they took all my money. You know, it just was just, you had to live it to understand it. But so my first year, I got a job at Walmart for, for a year, and then the second year, I I bought myself a truck and a and a hauled hay and hired a crew and cut and sold firewood and and I told you I was busy. I was very busy and I worked all these hours and went to school and it was hardest hardest thing in my life. And my third year though, uh, my roommate's dad was a Kirby distributor in Erie, Pennsylvania, and he said, "Joe, you've got to sell Kirby's. It's much easier than cutting wood." <laughs> so he convinced me to go spend the summer with them, and I was a horrible salesman. I couldn't sell. I, I had no people skills. I was this hillbilly that everybody made fun of. 
you know, I'd say britches. And when you go people, they, would, they, they wanted me to talk all the time, you know. they just laugh, and it was funny. So I worked hard to correct my, the way I spoke, which is good, I suppose, you know. So I tried to get rid of that hillbilliness, you know. I was talking to a lady from Lafayette the other day, and she had a real Cajun accent. And um, anyhow, she said she had worked hard to get rid of it. But, but the point is, so I started selling these vacuum cleaners. And I, and I guess the point I'm going today is that I, I had to knock doors. As I began to knock doors, I found many different types of ways that people answered their door. And so I want to talk to you today about how are you answering this door that God is knocking the door of your heart today. Because he's knocking. And I, 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 even as we go out and we witness and we knock doors, there's, there's at least 10 different ways people answer the door, but I want to talk about four of them today. Uh, number one, they, they, sometimes they don't even answer the door, they just talk through the door. Yeah, can I help you? You're knocking. And we, uh, so I go, hey, I'm Joe from the church. <laughs> That's how I answer the door. <laughs> and so, and guess what? They hardly ever open the door when they speak through the door. Some of us are, God is knocking and we're just talking through the door. Well, guess what? If you don't open the door and you just talk to it, he can't, he can't come in. So it says here, he knows your works in verse 15. I know your works that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. That scripture has always disturbed me. Maybe it hasn't you. I think it's disturbed me because I, as I look at my life and Maybe this morning you can look at your life. Are you hot? Are you cold? Are you lukewarm today? See, I believe riches makes us lukewarm. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. You know, why, why, do, why do we want the economy to do good? Why do we want a president in there that makes things better for us? Do we want a president because we want to see the gospel go out? Do we want to, we want, do we want, we want Christian people in government because we want to see people's lives touched with the gospel? Or do we want a more comfortable life? I didn't mean to get into politics there, but that one was free. He knows your thoughts. Ezekiel eleven five says, then the spirit of the Lord came on me and he told me, you are to say, this is what the Lord says. This is what you are thinking. <laughs> That's interesting. House of Israel. I know the thoughts that arise in your mind. You know, you might be able to fool others around you, but God knows your thoughts. He knows what you're thinking. And he's knocking. Are you, are you just talking through the door? Those who talk through the door, they're rude, aren't they? Ooh, I don't know why it just seems so rude to me. Maybe I've knocked thousands of doors, and the rudest people are like, Can I help you? You know, they can, they can barely open their mouth. You know, I'm going to help you. You know, a lot of this gets to me. You have to knock thousands of doors and know how it feels. But, and they talk through the door. They say something. We, we've been one door. They say something nasty through the door. They're cowards, you know. Even though they, they've spent their whole life looking for what God is offering them. People spend their whole life looking for what God is offering them. Looking for what God's offering you. He's offering you so much more. And yet maybe you're just talking through the door. You have no desire to change. You have no desire to let him in. I just want to encourage you today. Open the door. Invite him in. What's that mean? What's that mean for you? 
well, I don't know, maybe he's calling you to something and you're, you don't want to do it. Maybe you're like me. I did not want to pastor. I wanted to be a technician and own and own something, I guess. I don't know. I didn't know what, what I wanted, you know, as a kid, but I just knew I wanted to be free from where I was. Maybe you think it's too hard. Maybe you think you can't do it. Listen, he's asking you to come in and let him sup with you. That's what he's asking. Whatever he asks of you, he's going to give it to you. Think about that. He's going to give you the gifts. He's going to give you the callings. He's going to anoint you. He's going to use you. He's going to file off those rough edges. And for me, he had me go into sales to file off those hillbilly edges. Now, only hillbillies appreciate hillbillies. Sometimes. You know, sometimes you knock the door and they just open it a crack. I hate those two. You know, they peek it open a little bit. Can I help you? Is that what we do to God when he's knocking on our heart? We just open it a crack. Say, God, I really don't want you to come in, but I'm going to patronize you here a little bit. And and you say, okay, I'll do it, God. Okay. Well, why do they open it a crack? Because they're fearful. Most A lot of times they're fearful. So God's knocking on your heart's door. And you open it just to crack because you're fearful. He says, Revelation 21, 8 says, But the fearful, it's interesting it says that, doesn't it? And unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Hey, I didn't say this. He said that. Fearful. Why would you fear a God who's laid down his life for you? Why would you fear that he would have anything except the best in mind for you? Amen. Why would I fear to open up the door and let him in? So all he's offering is good. You know, some people they say, I don't want to die the thousand deaths. You know, I don't want to go through all this. Well, what he's offering you is so much greater than whatever little thing we may have to give up in our lives. Don't open it a crack. Don't be fearful. It may, it may cost me something. I may get talked into something. That's what you think of a salesman. I may get talked into something I don't want to buy. That's why they're fearful. I, you know, I may spend money on something I don't want to spend money on. If I let God into my heart, maybe, maybe he'll ask for all my money. Maybe he'll ask 100% of my time. Maybe, maybe he'll, he'll ask me to seek him in prayer for hours every day. Maybe he'll ask me to be kind to somebody. Maybe he'll ask me to, to make such great effort to encourage somebody. Imagine that one, huh? Maybe I'll have to step out of my comfort zone and allow God to use me. It's quiet. You can still say amen. It's still good. It's still good. Jesus is knocking, and they may give him a moment now and then, but they are afraid. They only open it a crack. What will friends or family or neighbors think of me? I may get hurt. Church people and pastors are mean. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Salesmen are, you know, they just, they only care about themselves. But, you know, this is not a salesman. No, this is Jesus knocking at our door. You know, and then he's knocking, and he's saying, let me in, because I want to sup with you. I know when my mom and dad lived close to where I lived, there's nothing. We moved in from Missouri to, to Louisiana back in 2008, and they're about a mile from my house. And sometimes I'd come home, on my way home from work, I would stop in, and mom be cooking that big pot roast, this pork, pork roast. I didn't have any teeth, so my mom fixed it where it just falls apart, you know. And she has all this gravy, had the old Missouri white gravy on it with pepper, you know. And 
I'd stop in there. Just nothing sweeter than to sit down and just sup with them and talk and eat that roast. And that's what, that's what he's saying in this passage. He goes, let me come in and sup with you. I want a relationship. I want to know you. I want you to know me. I want to spend time with you. That's what he's asking here. But then sometimes you come to a house and they'd open that door wide. And uh, they'd come out. Maybe they'd come out on the porch and talk to you. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. For me in sales, I have to get into the house. If I don't get into the house, I don't make a sale. That's just the way it was. When I think of, I think of God knocking at our door, he doesn't say, just open the door and let me talk with you while we're standing at the door. When someone does that, do you feel a real love from them? <laughs> what do you feel when they're just, they just say, come out and they close the door behind them? Or maybe they open the door wide. To me, what they're saying in sales is that I, I don't need what you have to offer here. Maybe they'll talk. They'll be friendly. Sometimes they want to take up my time and talk and talk and talk, but they have no intention to let me in. When we go out ministering door to door, you know, if they invite you into their house, I know somebody might be scared, but when they invite you in, they want you to pray with them. There's an openness there. In, in Missouri, I would knock a door many times and they'd be inside, come on in, they'd say, you know. No, oh, oh. I'd walk in, they'd be sitting down eating chicken. Sit down, sit down, have some chicken. I'd sit down, I'd eat chicken, you know, and fried chicken. And, and uh, they didn't know I was there. Sometimes it'd be 30 minutes, I'd be eating, talking. They didn't know what, what I was there for. Maybe they thought I was a neighbor. I, I, I don't know. I love those people, though. Wouldn't you just love those kind of people? Come on in, sit down, son, sit down, let's eat, you know. We'll talk about stuff later. Let's eat right now. So we all get done eating and uh, they usually bought kirby vacuum cleaners from me you know i like those people how awesome when god knocks at our door we go lord come on in come in i've been waiting for you i'm glad you're knocking today you know when you turn away the spirit of god enough pray that there doesn't come a time where he stops knocking at your heart's door amen I don't want us kid, we would just climb up on the barn and we'd grab these little pigeons. Some of us would get a hold of little doves. And they're just so gentle. They're easy to grab. And they're sleeping. <laughs> I know you guys, you guys don't know the crazy stuff, but they'd be up about 10 feet on the side of a, up inside the barn loft. And you'd climb up in the barn loft and they'd be sleeping. And you'd grab them, you know. You'd pet them and they'd, you know, and you'd put them back, you know. I don't know if they ever woke up or not, but the little doves, they're so gentle. Anybody ever held, got a wild dove or? I know. Okay, so I know. I'm weird. But anyhow. The story, I remember a story about a little boy, he had a, he had a little pet, little pet dove and, and he would let it go fly up in the air and he'd put out his hand for some food and they'd come and feed and one day he decided to be an honorary little boy like they are and he would open up his hand and just before the bird got there, he'd close it. Bird would fly off and the little dove flock and they'd come back and he did it about three or four times and uh, about the fifth time or so when the dove came and he closed his hand, the dove flew away and never came back. Doves are kind of sensitive like that. I don't know if you understand little birds. And so they'll keep trying, they'll keep trying, but then kind of reach time where they, they, they just, they quit coming back. And I'm not saying the Lord ever quits, ever gives up on us. Because he does, maybe he does sometimes. Maybe he realizes that, you know, maybe he doesn't knock as often now. If you did door knocking, we do ministry things. Sometimes you get tired, you hit the same door every time, you know, and they never answer. Sometimes you want to skip that door times so 
I guess I want to encourage you. When you, when you, you know what I'm talking about when God's knocking at your heart's door. You feel him knocking. You're busy. You don't stop. He's saying, listen, please stop. Take some time. I want to sup with you. He's knocking. Doesn't that blow your mind? If, you ever think about, I'm not into whatever, whoever's famous now, but if I say the president, people are like, I don't want to knock on my door. But if the president knocks your door, you know, or uh, I, I don't know, some famous person came and knocked your door. How about the clearinghouse people? <laughs> they knocked your door, <laughs> you know. <laughs> You'd sure want to open, wouldn't you? <laughs> you think about just somebody important that wanted to just simply show up at your house. Who would want to sit down and talk to the president and give him the gospel a little bit, huh? He just shows up at your door and he knocks and he says, hey, I want to come in and have dinner with you, Joe. I'd be like, come on in, Biden, sit down. I got some stuff I want to talk about here. Think about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the God of creation that speaks and the world comes into existence. He's knocking at your door. Your door. Why would he do that? Why would he knock at my door? I am nothing. I'm enough. How does he even know? But the King of Kings wants to have dinner with you. He wants to sup with you. He, he wants to talk to you. He wants to do something. He's calling you. He's knocking at your heart's door. He's knocking at you. He has something greater than what you have right now. Are you lukewarm? You ever think of, I like a hot cup of coffee any time of the day, really. It can be 100 degrees outside. There's nothing like a hot. I do not like a lukewarm cup of coffee. And, And lukewarm for me is probably hot for most people. I like it scalding hot. There's nothing worse than a cold cup of coffee but at least i can warm it up a little bit but a lukewarm one you're kind of in between there with it a little bit just you know or, or, or warm milk you know somehow you can heat up milk and put it in your coffee it seems okay cold it's okay but if it's lukewarm god's no different with our lives check your heart today are you lukewarm where are you at with god are you on fire for god you say well He's, he's the same God. He hasn't changed. He wants, to, he wants to do a work in your life. He wants to sup with you. But you're the one that has to open up the door and say, God, I want more. I want more of you today in my life. Well, the, the first, fourth door, like I'm saying, is when they say, come on in. I try to give you a little hillbilly accent there with it. Come on in. My dad, he, everyone, he say, well, I guess I better get up and get at it. You know, that was his famous saying. And me and my nephew would mimic him. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. I, I, I think perhaps maybe God's saying you need to repent of your lukewarm heart today. I didn't, I didn't even plan this message for here. God gave me this, the message yesterday morning. I thought it was for some, some of the time. But he knows what he's doing. Amen. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man hear my voice, do you hear him today? Maybe if you don't hear, maybe you just need to say, God, let me hear your voice. Maybe you have spurned his knocking so long that you don't hear him anymore. You just, you go by, you go through the little motions every day. You, you do the same old thing. You show up for church and you sit in the pew and you go home and, and nothing changes in your life. But he's knocking. To him that overcometh will I grant to, to sit with me in my throne. See, so many people, they think this life is where they invest, but this life is not the investment. Amen? 
the life to come that's forever and ever and ever and ever, that is the investment. That is the reward. That is, you know, don't judge me in this, but I like Star Trek. You know, Star Trek, and they're always in a different dimension or time warp or, 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 or whatever. And I, sometimes I think in our life, we don't really live in reality. The Bible says it's but a breath. It's here to, reality is what's for eternity. Reality is the spirit world. When Elijah said, God, open up his eyes and let him see what's around him. We, we live in a false reality. And then, then we die and we have to f- face the real reality of heaven or hell. And all that really matters is when he knocked. Did you open? That's all that really matters. I probably did a hundred funerals. I hate funerals. But every time I go to the funerals, I think about my immortality. I realize how life is so short. Whether I'm burying 16-year-olds. Or whether, whether, whether I'm, I'm burying 90-year-olds. Life is a breath. And all that really matters is when he knocked. He that had an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to who? The church, to you, to me. We are the church. Come on in, sit down, have a cup of coffee. A sweet relationship, a sweet communion. What is he offering? You can, I have some time here. Colossians 3, Colossians 3, verse 1 says, Colossians 3, verse 1. Colossians 3, verse 1. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. That's easier said than done. I understand that. I just tell tell the Lord, I said, I, I hate it that my life is about urgencies, emergencies, and not about priorities. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Sometimes we've got to slow down a little bit and step back and look at our life. Say, God, are you knocking? Am I lukewarm? Or am I hot or am I cold for you? He wants you hot. He's made available. He wants to fill you. He wants to use you. If you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And by no means am I saying that I am the example of what I'm preaching today. By no means. But I'm just saying today, if he's knocking, I want to answer. I want to surrender, you know. Sometimes I have to pray say, God, make me willing to be willing to surrender. <laughs> make me willing to be willing when you say that prayer, he'll do that. He'll make you willing to be willing to open the door. He'll, he'll say, he'll deliver you from the fear. He'll let you realize what he's offering is so much better than what you have. I, it's, it, when, I, when we try to give the gospel to people, I just wish somehow that Satan's blinded their eyes. I wish somehow he could open up their eyes and he could really see what we're offering them here. It's something so much better than what they have. We're talking eternity to reign with him. We're talking glories beyond gloriousness. We're talking the, the greatest of all greatest with Christ our Lord in heavenly places. We're talking about the reward is beyond comprehension. We're talking about what little bit we may pay today. It's nothing. And you know, I, you know if, 
growing up, we had a we lived in a trailer house. You know, if someone came and said, "Listen, give up," and the floors were rotten. You had little pieces of wood over them, and and little critters would come out in the middle of the night, and we, I'd do the little cockroach dance and kill thousands of them on the floor. You know, and we had dogs everywhere, and they'd just do their duty all over the floor, so you couldn't couldn't walk in the dark. You know, landmines everywhere, and so just the crazy stuff you go through. And and someone said, "Hey, I'll give you a mansion." All you got to do is burn that trailer down. Do you know that's what God is offering people to say, no, I'll keep my trailer. That's what they're saying. No, I'll keep my trailer because I know it's, I, 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 I don't want to take the chance to burn it down. And then I don't get the, I don't get what you're talking about here. I don't really see the mansion. You know, if. If, if, the, if the, the rich millionaire came to your house, billion upon billionaire, and he said, I'm going to give you this. You, you say, well, I, don't, I know you're rich, but I don't know if I can trust you or not. Yet you just heard that he did that for 50 other people. You know, you saw it on TV or whatever. He came to your house now, but you said, no, I'm not giving up that old, that old falling down trailer house. Because I, I just don't know. Well, God is offering us so much more. His presence is so much greater than anything there's nothing greater than him to come in and sup with us every day what is that there's nothing greater than answering the call of god on your life he's knocking he's saying i've called you to do i've called you to greater things than where you're at now i've called you to to walk with me to sup with me i want to use you and he's knocking revelations you still in revelations turn to revelations 21 verse 3 revelations 21 3 Revelations 21, 3. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Can we even grasp that? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a real practical person. Sometimes I, you know, people, they say, well, you're dreamers sometimes, but I, I like to, to live in the now, but... God, God says, no, we, this, we're just passing through. We can't, we can't hold on to stuff. He used to be a, an old-time pastor. He'd say, hold on to the world with the, just the tips of your fingers so when it's time to go, you can let go of it easy. Some folks have a hold of the things of this life too, hold, too strong. You know, when you go to funerals, sometimes you have people talk about, oh, they, they had dogs and they loved their dogs. I'm picking on dogs this morning. We have a dog. You know, but or they'll say, you know, they 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 collected these little things, and my mind's like, what does that matter right now? They're facing eternity. All that really matters is what they did with God. All that really matters did they lay up treasures in heaven where moth and rust and corrosion will destroy? Did they lay up treasures in heaven? Somehow, heaven is an economy. Heaven is an economy greater than economy now. And you can be poor in this life and rich in all eternity. Because heaven's economy is not this economy. And would you rather be rich in this life and poor in eternity? Or would you rather be poor in this life and rich? I'm not talking about necessarily finances and money here. We went out to Angola for the first time. That's a, that's a wild place. It's, I thought I was in Texas, all the ranches and stuff and it was just kept driving and driving but there's a story about a man who 
who now is out of prison and, and he's born again and he's, I guess he's ministering and he's testifying how that he spent 30 years there for a crime he didn't commit. And he finally got acquitted when he got out. But he spent 30 years of his life in there. But he was a sinner when he went in and he was a born again, spirit filled believer when he came out. And my thought was, would you rather spend 30 years in prison in this life or would you rather spend eternity in hell in the next life? Because he may have never got the gospel. He may have never went through what he went through. And I, I know it's terrible. But the investment was worth it. Did I read all of it? I didn't read it all yet. And God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes. How many have cried some tears in this life? How many have been through some heartache in this life? Well, in heaven it says there shall be no more death. I hate death, don't you? I hate it when people die. I hate it when people are loved. I don't, I don't want to, you know, people, you know, everybody wants to go to heaven, but no one wants to die to get there, you know. I hate death. It's a thief, the Bible. It robs. It's an enemy. But there's no more death. Neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. Hallelujah for that. You hear over and over, you know, getting, getting old is not for wimps, you know. It's painful. I've always been one against medication and drugs, but as you get older, I'm like, give me the drugs, you know. <laughs> give me the give me the aspirin or the whatever. I, I need it. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. I don't mean to yell and get a little excited here, but I they're gone. I can't wait till this is all gone. You know how I felt about home? <laughs> That's how I feel about this life. I want heaven. Amen. I want heaven. Well, I hope, you know, if, if I die tomorrow, don't cry at my funeral. Dance at my funeral. You know, I'm in heaven. Cry for yourself. If you want to cry, but not for me. <laughs> and I, and I, I agree with, with John. If I die, don't bring me back. You know, let me go on, you know. But he says here, and he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. I like new things, don't you? I grew up, we used to find dumpster dive, find stuff and fix up the old stuff. But he's not. He's making all things new. All things new. And he said unto me, Right, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. Are you thirsty today? He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. I love it. I want him to be my God, and I want to be his son.